0: This is the Easy Living Yards podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your Raised on Hand Me Downs host. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. what's up and welcome to episode 60 of the easy living yards podcast today we are talking about cost saving strategies for landscaping now as you heard from the intro i was raised on hand-me-downs and i'm proud of it so i believe saving costs where necessary is very good thing and and i also this is a tandem show with last week so if you haven't heard last week's episode, I encourage you to go check out episode 59 at E-L-Y how slash episode 59. And there you can listen to how to design a low maintenance landscape on a budget. And so this show is tied with that one. It's both and both are inspired by a wonderful listener question where uh, Joe asked me when he is looking at his new home in Georgia, how to design his landscape on a budget. So I really want to provide you with these two shows some helpful resources on how to not, you know, drain your savings account, have a beautiful landscape in the process, and really feel like you've, you've built a wonderful investment through your landscaping as opposed to a resource drain. And that's really what low-maintenance landscaping is all about, is how to enhance beauty how to save time and effort to free up your life and also save costs at the same time, you know, ongoing costs as well as initial costs. Both are important. And really, a lot of what this show has focused on is saving the time and effort. But really, when you're reducing maintenance, you're also massively reducing the cost of your landscapes as well. And so that's what we're going to get into today is cost saving strategies for your landscape. And I also I kind of teased this out in the previous show in last episode is that there 's a difference between a cost and an investment, and really, what I want us to focus on is how to focus our money and resources so time and money uh, so focus our resources on investing in our landscapes as opposed to uh, costs of our landscapes okay so that 's what today 's show is about. I highlighted in last week 's show that really when we 're talking about any sort of landscaping project there 's a balance that needs to be struck, and so this is a balance of resources and design okay now, when it comes to balancing resources there 's kind of a trade off between time, money, and effort. So when we kind of you know increase one we 're usually uh, decreasing another, and so it 's really important for your specific situation what do you have the most of each resource or where are you willing to invest each resource in order to trade off another one potentially? Okay. So those are the resource balances. Likewise, there's some design balances that need to be made and that is in beauty, function and comfort. And again, figuring out which is the most important piece there for you and your landscape with your specific needs and what are the trade-offs you're willing to make in each space. And of course, a lot of times we think about the beauty piece, but I want to highlight that the function piece is also very important. Okay, so let's jump in and just talk about some specific strategies. So what I've done is I've kind of broken this up into a couple different categories, and they might not be ones that you would expect, but these are things that I think is very important when it comes to landscaping. So the first, and for good reason, is good planning so many times I see mistakes made where planning is not done. And and I have admittedly done this myself. There's so many times where I go to the store or I, I, um, I get really excited about a certain plant. I'm a plant geek. All right. I admit it. And, I I just want to have a plant so much that I just buy it. And I don't even think about where it's going to go in my landscape. I don't even think if our, our landscape has the right conditions for this plant. And and so we end up with this beautiful plant that doesn't have a space to go. And, and I don't want you to fall into that trap. Plants are the last piece you think about. Unless you're some sort of like rare orchid specimen collector, plants are the last thing you think about. If you're the rare orchid specimen collector, uh, first of all, I recommend you check out the In Defense of Plants podcast. Awesome podcast for like the plant nerd like me. Uh, so shameless shout out to that show. Um, but uh, if if you're just looking for having a beautiful landscape, most people think about plants, but the reality is you need to think about planning and design first. So that's what this is about: good planning this avoids you costly mistakes. Again, good planning is an investment. It's not a cost. And a lot of times if you're doing it yourself, it's also free. So it's a free investment of your time. So that's where you're investing your time instead of wasting your time uh, to, to avoid mistakes in the future. It also helps you figure out what is the right step of the process at the right time. It also gives you a more efficient resource usage. So this planning process, while you're in the process of planning, you're also alert that you're thinking about this project, you're doing it the right process. You're also more perceptive of sales when they happen on hard materials, as well as your plants. Uh, You also can then plan for help when you need it at the certain, the correct phases of your project, and you can be appropriately prepared to fully utilize that help And also it helps you to plan for nature because seasons happen, right? And, and nature happens. And so you can plan to do your installation at the most uh, valuable time for you when you don't have to deal with as much weather or, um, you know, issues that may arise with say freezing or flooding or big or weed problems as you're in the middle of your landscaping. So you can plan for those things appropriately when you think ahead. So the next bucket where you can save cost is project management. And this is kind of a segue from the planning piece. But with project management, so when you practice managing your project in the right phases at the right time, you can buy your plants and your materials off season to save cost. Um, you can install in phases. So that way you're not overloaded with a massive project all at once. You can plan it out in phases where you can get it done when you have the available time, the available resources, and the available savings to to install it when it's best for you. Likewise, you can manage getting help better when you're managing your project appropriately. Okay, so let's talk about the thing everybody thinks about is cost savings with plants, okay? So when it comes to plants... Selecting the right plants is incredibly important. And it's the part that a lot of people gloss over. So many times we go through the sales catalogs or walking down the aisles of of the uh, nursery or the you know big box store um, nursery area. And we're just looking at, oh, this is a pretty plant or, oh, that has a pretty bloom or, oh, this looks, you know, I like this foliage on this one. But we rarely think about because it's not a visual thing. We rarely think about what's right for the plant. And that is the most important piece when it comes to saving cost. Because let's face here, here's the reality, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out. Low maintenance landscaping equals less work. Okay? Less work also equals less cost both in time that you have to spend on stuff, keeping it happy and healthy, and also money, resources to to fertilize things, to water things, and to replant things as they die off because they're not in the right space. So instead, if you invest the time and the planning up ahead, and you also consider the plant's needs first, so you understand your environmental conditions first, then you select the right plants that will be happy in your space and they won't need a lot of work. So that's how this is a massive cost savings in this kind of roundabout way. So selecting the right plants is incredibly important. So I have three resources to share that can help you on this. So first, if you live in in the Midwest area, so let's say Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, a little bit of Illinois, Illinois. (laughs) <laughs> Pennsylvania. I, uh, now you're stretching my geography here, West Virginia. So these kind of areas, uh, areas, if you live close to that, so what I'm, uh, say you're close to zone six, maybe a little bit of zone five and maybe a little bit of zone seven. This is where we're talking about USDA zones. Okay. If you live in this area in the Midwest of the United States, I have an awesome resource that my fellow colleagues across, um, Ohio. So low maintenance landscaping designers across Ohio helped me put together this awesome resource and it's low maintenance plants for the Midwest. So I have a link in the show notes for this awesome resource. So you go ahead and click that link. Um, if you don't see the show notes in your podcast app, you can go to E L Y slash episode 60, and it will take you right to this, uh, link in the show notes okay next resource if you're not in the midwest area you're not lucky enough i'm sorry i haven't gotten to all the regions of the united states or of the world Uh, so much work to get these awesome resources put together but for now if you're not in the midwest you can also check out this awesome plant finder resource the missouri botanical garden put together an awesome resource that lists tons of plants that grow across most of the u.s and These plants, uh, you can select. You kind of you can sort through them based on their different preferences. So you can find plants that tolerate clay. You you find plants that are more resistant to deer browsing. You can find plants that grow in rocky soil. You can find plants that grow in full sun, full shade, so on and so forth. Uh, Plants that grow up to 80 feet tall or two feet tall, or a half a foot tall, okay, you get the example here. So it's a great way to sift through plants and to find the plants that fit your space. The third resource I have is another resource um, that is broadly applicable across the United States. And that is the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Plant Database. It's a huge mouthful. All of these resources are in the show notes. So check them out there. And this database is an awesome resource of of plants that are available, that can grow in a lot of conditions across the United States. So that's why I highlight it here. So the first bucket that I've spent several minutes now talking on is selecting the right plants when it comes to saving for plants. The next way to save on plants is dividing plants. So If you don't know much about propagating plants and you really want to save some money, this is something you should learn about. Okay, this is a great way to spend or to save a lot of money if that's the main driver for you. Now, of course, this is a bit of an investment of your time. So, again, there's this trade off that happens, right? So, if you don't have the time, you need to decide are you willing to just wait longer or Are you willing to invest the money now on getting the plants that are grown properly for you from your nursery? Or are you going to invest the time to learn how to propagate them yourselves? So dividing plants, especially when it comes to perennials, uh, is a wonderful way to propagate your plants. And it requires a little bit of effort, really good timing and also a decent amount of knowledge or research uh, to to kind of figure out how that plant prefers to be propagated the best. And a lot of herbaceous perennials, they're pretty forgiving. And so you can purchase these from the nursery, you can divide them, you can let them grow for a season, and suddenly you have three to five plants instead of one uh, for the same cost. Okay. Now, this is a strategy we used in our front garden design, is we do, we purchased uh, specific plants that we knew could be divided, that did well with dividing, and uh, when we purchased them from the nursery, they looked pretty to the human eye, but I knew we could divide them and get a lot of more bang for the buck out of these plants. And so we were able to significantly reduce our planting expenses and still have an appropriate planned design. Now, of course, when you're dividing your plants, it does take longer than for these plants to mature until they grow to their full size. So it's a trade-off again. And that's a something you have to determine is, do you want to trade your time, your effort, or your money? Okay. The next strategy is buying smaller plants. The smaller the plant, usually the less expensive it is because it's the less effort and time that the the nursery had to spend on growing and propagating that plant to a healthy size. So there are a couple options for this. You can purchase bare root plants. So these, instead of say for your trees and shrubs, instead of purchasing potted trees or bald and burlap trees, you can purchase bare root ones that are usually a lot younger, but they're also Generally speaking, the the benefit here is that a lot of times they're more resilient to transplanting. So bare root trees can be an advantage, and they're also a lot of times less expensive. But on the trade-off, they're also a lot younger, so they look a lot smaller for longer until they really take root and start to grow. So bare root, propagating from seed, and propagating from plugs. So those are three strategies where you can buy smaller plants You can get a lot more plants for less expensive and and do the work yourself to really have a beautiful design that comes out in the end. Again, there's a little bit of knowledge that needs to be done here or (laughs) a little bit of work to obtain the knowledge, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. Okay, I have a great resource here. This is a younger um, business, but I wanted to share it uh, for you because this business I think is awesome. And this is a, a company called the Pollen Nation. They're associated with a wholesale propagating nursery. But this, this business sells direct to public. And what they do is they sell you plugs. So if you're not familiar what a plug is, so if you go to the nursery and you think of your typical potted plant, right? A lot of times those potted plants are started from a wholesaler. So the wholesaler sells the nursery these plugs. They're this small triangular shaped little plant uh, or the, the pot's a little triangle shape, I guess is what I'm saying. They put that little triangle shaped pot piece in, and they repot it into a bigger pot, let it grow for a few months, and then they sell it usually to the public. So the nursery usually isn't starting the plants from seed. A lot of times they're getting it from a wholesaler who sells plugs. And so these plugs are smaller, they're younger, they do have a a higher um, death rate than your typical potted plant but they're also much much less expensive because they're a lot less work to get to that stage and so the pollen nation sells these plugs that you can purchase a lot of beautiful plants mostly natives too which is really awesome Um, so these are beautiful native plants to the united states and so if you check out the link in the show notes i think it's also thepollination.com. but i have a link in the show notes to their website now there's a few caveats You have to plan this project appropriately because they require a minimum of 25 plants, but they're like $2 to $3 a piece. So they're really inexpensive when it comes to plants. And, um, they have a beautiful selection of a bunch of beautiful plants. So I got to give them a shout out because it's an awesome way to order plants and, and to get some beautiful plants into your landscape for a lower cost. So check out the pollination again, check out the show notes for that link. Okay. When it comes to saving on plants, the next piece is propagating. So we already talked about this with buying smaller plants. You can do bare root seeds or plugs like you can get at the pollination, likewise with propagating and dividing, which I already talked about, you can propagate from seeds, so we have echinacea plants that we grow, purple cone flower, each purple cone flower after it goes to bloom there's like one hundred fifty to two hundred seeds on that flower head. Each of those seeds can grow into a new plant. So you can get a ton of seeds just from propagating by seeds and get a ton of new plants if you take just the small amount of effort to plant them into little pots and grow them up and make sure they don't dry out. Likewise, you can propagate from cuttings. We have this beautiful elderberry bush that I transplanted into our backyard from our front garden because it just didn't fit there. Elderberries, like many shrubs, can propagate from stem cuttings And So, again, if you do the research to figure out what plants you can propagate from cuttings, you can really um, save a ton of money by putting in a little bit of work and and having a little bit of know-how. Likewise, I already talked about dividing plants. Division is another wonderful way to propagate plants. A lot of herbaceous perennial plants do very well propagating from division. So that's where basically you just chop the plant, the whole root mass in half, and then replant it. Uh, we just got like, I don't know, probably some ridiculous amount, but like 200 plus bulbs of da- daffodils from our front garden. And there were maybe like 10 to 15 clumps of these daffodils growing. And once I dug them up, there's like a bajillion of these bulbs now. So that's another way with bulbs you can propagate by division as well. Okay, so that's an example of how you can save money by propagation. So the next step for saving money through planting is just having simpler planting designs. The simpler your design, the more you can save by allowing these plants to spread or by slowly propagating them or um, by just having plants that take up more space. So great examples of this, uh, simpler planting designs is using grasses, ornamental grasses, ground covers, and mulch. So having simpler designs, mulching in between. Um, Of course, if you use, if you rely on mulching for the long term, mulching is something you'll have to do every, probably every year, at least once you'll just add a little bit of mulch to your landscape um, to, to suppress weed pressure and it can still look really beautiful. The last piece I want to point out here is replacing your lawn with naturalized space. Lawns are a huge resource drain. So while you don't really think about it at the time, maybe think about how much time you have to spend mowing your lawn, depending upon your region. Uh, uh, irrigating it is a huge cost. Um, likewise, fertilizing your lawn is a huge cost, uh, or feeding your lawn. Grub prevention, weed prevention, all of those efforts add up. So not only the cost, monetarily speaking, but also the cost from a resource drain of your time and effort and stress think about how much we stress about our lawns. Oh, I have to go out and cut the grass this weekend when instead you could have been going to Johnny's uh, baseball game or something, right? And so lawns can actually be a huge resource drain, not from just a money standpoint, but also a lifestyle standpoint and a effort standpoint or a time standpoint. So one great way to replace your lawn with a naturalized space that looks beautiful is doing a prairie or a meadow installation. It's a pretty easy process and um, there's tons of resources out there, including uh, episode six, which I highlighted in the past and and last episode. But episode six talks into how to start a new garden bed, uh, part of which is killing your lawn and um, and suppressing it so you can start with new plants and a naturalized space can look very beautiful when done properly and can really integrate well into a beautifully designed landscape. These are becoming way more popular with trying to help pollinator habitat, um, habitat for butterflies and bees and likewise songbirds. Um, So just wonderful resources to have in our landscape, not only for for saving our own time and effort, but also providing a wonderful habitat for this wildlife that we can bring uh, into our own landscape. Okay, the last piece I want to, have, want to mention is reducing irrigated landscaping. So if you have landscaping that requires ongoing irrigation, considering how you can replace that with plants that don't require irrigation. Because again, irrigation is an ongoing cost, especially in a lot of these water stress regions that we live in now. Uh, water is becoming more and more stressed and uh, strained and uh, scarce. Uh, especially the farther West we live in the United States. And um, so the more we can reduce the irrigation needs across our landscape, the, the more we can save on cost and also the less impact we can have on our greater landscape. Okay, guys, so that's a wrap for the plant piece. I have one more section to talk about before we wrap up the show. And that is another great way to save cost On landscaping uh, is to use free materials. There are a ton of free materials available for us to use in our landscapes that can still help us have a beautiful landscape. The first is mulch. I kind of talked about this already, but um, a lot of local tree companies are trying to get rid of uh, tree trimming Uh, mulch as much as they can, uh, as easily as possible. So a lot of places you can call your local tree service, just put in your name, they'll put you on a list. And when they have a project right in that area, they'll give you a call and dump a load of tree mulch right onto your driveway that you can then scoop up and put around your landscape. And we've used this on multiple occasions uh, to get free mulch for our landscaping projects. It's been awesome Uh, Next piece is compost. A lot of local municipalities have uh, compost available to their residents for free. And so a lot of times this is compost of leaf trimmings uh, or leaf rakings from the previous couple falls. Um, You got to make sure the source, you know, is is not... um, is, is something you're okay with putting on your landscape, but a lot of places do have free compost available as well or very low cost compost. You can get like a, a truckload of this stuff in our area for about 20 bucks and it's awesome. Uh, leaves, leaves are a free resource. If you're willing to go around and collect them in the fall, a lot of people are just, they're literally throwing them away. So they have it on the curb. <laughs> it's uh maybe just a slightly embarrassing, but I don't mind it. Um, is every fall I go around with our little utility trailer or when I used to have my pickup truck and just load them up with leaves. People bag them for you already. They're out on the curb. You just pick them up, throw them in the trailer, take them back home, and run them over with the lawnmower a few times. You have wonderful leaf mulch for your garden beds. It's awesome. We use it in our vegetable gardens. We use it in our front landscaping garden. Um, it's a, just a wonderful resource to have. It is those free leaves. It's a great way to add healthy nutrients to your soil. Think about it. It's like a, the, the soil in the middle of the forest is built on leaves and dead wood. Okay. Next piece is cardboard. A lot of, uh, utility places or places that, you know, sell like refrigerators, whatever windows, um, they'll have tons of cardboard that they're getting rid of. Even your grocery store has bunches of cardboard. This is a great replacement for your weed fabric. If you want something that just suppresses weeds for maybe a year or two until your landscape starts to establish, cardboard is a great way to do that. Just avoid those glossy printed cardboards. Yes, there are some glues in cardboard that hold all the fibers together, but... In reality, on the long run, it's a great way to just suppress weeds for a little while in your project as your your plants start to establish. We use it in our landscape, both in our vegetable garden and our decorative gardens, and as a part of starting our project to kill the lawn or kill the existing weed bed before starting the new one. And the last resource, uh, last <laughs> resource of free materials, is rain. Use rain to your advantage, and there are many ways you can do this, but the easiest way is just to plan appropriately with your plants that are adapted to your region that's the best way to do it the most resilient way to do it there are a lot of more involved ways one rain collection stuff and uh, also earth sculpting or earthscaping, so you can catch the rain as best possible those are more advanced tactics that i don't want to get into right here uh, also rain gardens that's a great one that's kind of like a medium advanced tactic so using your downspouts to create a garden right so you're roof is a wonderful collection agent for rain. And so why not use that instead of letting it run off your landscape? Okay, so make sure you plan appropriately. It's the biggest thing for saving costs. When it comes to specifics with saving costs, you can also uh, just planning project management, saving on your plants through various tactics, including division, uh, propagating from seeds, or cuttings, or buying smaller plants and also using simpler planting designs and replacing your lawn are great ways to reduce your costs. Likewise, make sure you use free resources such as mulch, compost, leaves, cardboard, and rain in order to make the best and save the most costs on having a beautiful landscape. Of course, guys, all of these things, all of these cost saving strategies can't be done uh, to really good, um, really good outcome unless you have good planning and and good design. So if you want help on that good planning, good design, and really make the best of your landscape, it is worth investing in something like the Easy Living Yards membership. So head on over to Ely.how slash membership. If you want to check out how to design properly, save time and money by doing it right the first time, through the Easy Living Yards membership. There's a link in the show notes. You can always check out elyhouse slash membership. Also, there's a ton of links in today's show notes. Uh, low maintenance plants for the Midwest. Awesome resource. It's a downloadable guide uh, that you can filter through uh, having the right conditions for the right plants in your landscape. If you live in the Midwest, it's a must- See, resource must download. Resource um, that's available absolutely free through the website. Likewise, check out the Missouri Botanical Garden Plant Finder, the Laterbird Johnson Wildflower Plant Database, and also check out the Pollen Nation and the awesome affordable plant plugs they have available for your garden uh, when you want to have uh, low cost, high quality plants for your landscape. Thanks a lot, Joe, for the question. If you're listening, thank you. Also, thank you for the kind words you had to say. Um, And I hope these two episodes have really helped you uh, with your garden. Likewise, for all of you guys looking to save effort, save time, and save money on your landscapes, I hope these two episodes have really given you some awesome ways to do that. As always, if you have a question, you can go over to pod and ask a question there. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.